Welcome to Free Your Children on WXRQ 1460 AM Christian Radio. I am your host, Tiffany Boyd, and my mission here at Free Your Children is to share the truth and love about education. There's a battle raging for the souls of our nation's children, and I hope this ministry equips you for battle. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Ephesians 6, 10 through 11. Thank you to Safe Storage for sponsoring tonight's show. If you live in the Middle Tennessee area and you have storage needs and you're in Columbia, Mount Pleasant, or Hohenwald, Tennessee, you can reach out to safestoragetn.com. That's safestoragetn.com, and they will take care of all of your storage needs. If you would like to sponsor for your children, you can contact me at freeyourchildren at gmail.com. If you would like to continue to support biblical education and all the work that I do here at Free Your Children, there's a donate button located on my website, which is freeyourchildren.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, my email, of course, my new website, which again is freeyourchildren.com, and also at the Murfreesboro Pulse. That's boroughpulse.com, where I am a monthly contributor, and you can read all the articles that I have penned to date about education. We have an upcoming seminar that I am working on for pastors and their wives. This seminar is going to focus on biblical education. So when you donate to For Your Children, those are the types of projects that you are helping us to accomplish. I discovered tonight's guest when I watched a documentary of his called Killing Ed. That documentary led to an article that I penned in 2022 for the Borough Pulse about connections that some of our Tennessee lawmakers seem to have with this particular charter school network. So I want to introduce tonight's guest to you. His name is Mark Hall. Mark is an award-winning producer and director based in Austin, Texas. His latest feature-length documentary project, Killing Ed, discusses the corruption of the global Islamic group known as the Gulen Movement. Killing Ed premiered in New York City in March 2016, a few months before the apparent Gulenist-led coup attempt in Turkey. Mark's documentary, Sushi, The Global Catch, premiered in 2011 at the Seattle International Film Festival, where it won a jury prize. Hall has made several films for TV, including Mission 7, which won a Platinum Award at the Houston World Fest Film Festival in 2010. He's co-founded and served as in-house counsel for Digital E-Holdings, speaking on behalf of EdX as their media liaison in the U.S. and overseas. He has been interviewed by journalists from the New York Times, the Times of London, Chicago Tribune, Austin American Statesman, and by news anchors from KVUE-TV. Mark received his Juris Doctorate from Southern Methodist University. He also holds an MBA in International Finance and Japanese. And in addition to his professional pursuits, he enjoys sailing, tennis, book arts, and travel. Mark is fluent in German and Japanese and has a working knowledge of Polish, Brazilian, Portuguese, and Spanish. And this, folks, is only a small sampling of his very impressive resume. And I will have all of that linked over on for your children so you can read all about Mark in great detail. Welcome, Mark. It's wonderful to have you with us tonight. Oh, well, thanks, Tiffany. Thanks for having me on your program. 
Yeah, let's jump right into this. We have had conversations prior to this interview, and they were so fascinating, and you were literally a walking encyclopedia. So let's discuss <laughs> Killing Ed. Tell our listeners what this documentary is about and why you made it. Well, Killing Ed is a, a 96-minute uh, feature-length documentary that I made about this particular um, problem in our country, which is the uh, confluence of charter schools, uh, corruption in our education system, and the rise of something known as the Gulen Movement, which is operating about 180, 190 different charter schools around the United States and receiving in excess of a half a billion dollars a year in our tax money, um, tax dollars to operate these schools. Um, I was very interested in the Gulen movement um, about uh, 20 years ago. I started seeing them arrive in my hometown of Austin, Texas, and they were starting to, um, I'd say, infiltrate our local politic, uh, politics and taking our local, local um, civic leaders on 10 and 14 day all expense paid trips to Turkey, mm-hmm. which is where they showed um, these political leaders in our community, an alternative perspective of Turkey, one which they had set up around their cult group. And this is an Islamic cult, make no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were gaining a lot of political clout by um, giving these free trips, um, giving donations to our politicians. And I thought it was a very interesting story. But I'll tell you, Tiffany, I had no idea that this particular cult group was operating charter schools in Texas and in other states mm-hmm. until I was contacted by a reporter at the New York Times who was working on a similar story about the growth of the Gulen charter schools within the state of Texas. That's when I decided I should make a film about this. I didn't realize it would take us five years to make it because it was very controversial mm-hmm. and just not many people wanted to go on record to talk about this problem and how it was growing. And certainly the politicians that we interviewed um, really didn't understand, you know, <laughs> that we were coming to ask them th- these questions. And uh, you'll see moments where our current Lieutenant Governor of Texas is, is really sort of dumbfounded by questions that he didn't want to answer mm-hmm. about the uh, Gulen and charter schools operating in the state of Texas, his state. So we released the film, as you said, in New York in 2016. Um, that was March of 2016. In July of 2016, there was a, a very uh, violent coup attempt. And as we found out a few months later, it was attributed um, to members of this particular Islamic cult group, the Gulen Movement. And so uh, it was very timely to release the film in conjunction with something that was so geopolitically charged and um, to this day, I, I really have no answer as to why we would allow a group that is um, uh, very politically controversial, um, very religious and very cultish. Uh, why would we allow them access to our children to Absolutely. teach them? Yes. And uh, why would we not, um, um, you know, prevent them from um, fomenting a coup? Mm-hmm. in a country that's been friendly to us. Right. So those are some of the reasons that, um, um, you know, I, I remain interested in this particular group. 
Right. And I think another thing that people need to be aware of is they're operating these charter schools and essentially we are paying them because these charter schools are receiving government monies to operate. So we we are paying this terrorist group essentially to be here and operate these charters in the United States. I wrote a piece um, because I saw this particular documentary called Legislators Travel to Turkey Courtesy of the Muslim Gulen Charter Schools. And then during this period of time when I wrote this, what really tipped me off was in Tennessee, there was legislation that was introduced to expand the charter operations in Tennessee. And then when I started delving deep into this, I realized that the representative that had filed the bill lived in the area of Tennessee where this particular charter school network, this Gulen Charter School, was operating in in the Memphis area. And then after delving even further, I realized that he had been one of our elected officials that had taken this trip courtesy of the Gulen Network. Of course, when he was asked about, you know, who paid for the trip, he kind of stumbled around and said, well, I haven't really had time to check into that. And then no one, (laughs) (laughs) no one that I'm aware of ever received an answer. And then what was even more concerning is this legislation did eventually pass, which in Tennessee, which allows charter school networks to circumnavigate, bypass the elected local school boards and apply directly to the charter school commission, which has been appointed by the state of Tennessee. So essentially, if your local school board tells these charter schools, no, you can't come here, they just bypass that, go to the charter school commission, and then they're allowed to come in. Exactly. Many states are that way. Texas set that similar system up after charters were being uh, denied by the state board of education. And you can go directly and petition if you have a charter that's been denied. Right. And that may be issued directly from uh, other agencies of the state, which is really not the best way of doing that. Um, No, it's not. I agree because I equate it to a great example of taxation without representation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There are these charter schools. um, They're certainly not a panacea as they've been sold to us in the United States as a cure for the problems in public education. Um, Somewhere between 86 to 90% of the children in our country are being educated at traditional ISDs Mm -hmm. and we just can't convert an entire system over to um, charter schools uh, or other school choice alternatives in my opinion because it it just has been shown not to work over and over again exactly and uh, you know example of a failure would be uh, Louisiana uh, several years ago under Governor Bobby Jindal um, was given a package of legislation that, um, from all apparent um, observers in Louisiana, had come from a Washington think tank called ALEC. Mm-hmm. And ALEC came to New Orleans. ALEC had um, some of its favorite le- uh, Louisiana legislators join them in uh, private meetings about how they were going to implement something in public education. And uh, a few weeks later, that legislation drafted by ALEC was taken forth to the Louisiana legislature. Um, They passed a very um, uh, poor piece of legislation for vouchers. As that was implemented in Louisiana, it totally failed Mm -hmm. because parents had been sold this 
panacea that their child could get out of a poor, poorly uh, run public school mm-hmm. and go to a very high quality private school. But that just didn't work. There weren't enough spaces for those children's children to uh, enter a private school. Neither were the dollars there that were given to them, given to the parents as vouchers mm-hmm. to pay for the very high tuitions right. um, at private schools. So what happened? There were a lot of kind of crony capitalism, uh, my word, um, people that decided to cash in mm-hmm. on getting tax dollars. And they set up uh, charter schools uh, to take the money, but they really didn't care about the education of the children. Right. And parents were very angry about this. And the whole situation um, just, you know, totally failed. And uh, you see this over and over again. Um, they're trying to pass a voucher bill here in Texas. There's a lot of um, uh, pressure you know, against it because rural um, public ISDs would see that their budgets would be reduced mm-hmm. if children left the classroom in their public schools and drove 60 miles to a private school or a charter school. Mm-hmm. That could end up destroying some of the rural schools that um, these communities depend on here in Texas. It just hasn't worked well. And right. um, it, it's something that I think all of us as Americans need to look at very critically. I agree. And and I know one thing, when these charter net networks come in to push <laughs> or to advertise, you know, for the charter school system that they want to get set up, we've recently had one here in Tennessee. They were voted down, but they made it very clear, crystal clear, actually, that they would, you know, go to the charter school commission if they continued to get denied. But one thing that they always tell um, the members of your community is that charter schools will save taxpayers money because when they come in and open these charter school networks, it's not going to cost taxpayers any money. What What do you say to that? I think that's erroneous. Mm-hmm. I think that's <laughs> not a truthful thing to say. Now, there are some situations where, for example, the um, charter bill that was passed in Texas to allow charter schools, the social contract was these charter schools would cost less per student um, and they would be, you know, in exchange for having fewer regulations on them. Okay, well, as charter schools have grown in Texas, um, it's true that there are fewer regulations, but now charter schools in some cases here are getting much more money than um, what a private, uh, excuse me, what a public school would be receiving for mm-hmm. that same student. So it's not costing um, less, it's costing more. And right. also, um, it used to be that uh, charter schools would have to pay for their own facilities. So they'd have to find a school, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a, um, a building to create a school. Right. And they would be responsible for that. Well, I can tell you in Texas, um, over the past 20 years, uh, the charter lobbying groups from Washington and from Texas have been able to pressure our legislature. So now charter schools can access the permanent school fund of the state of Texas, which are public schools access to build schools, to access textbooks. And by doing that, any bond that a charter school issues for a new building is guaranteed by the citizens of the state of Texas against default. Wow. So when you think of that, when you think of a, a newly arrived religious cult group 
mm-hmm. <laughs> like the Gulen movement coming from Turkey, right. starting in the early 2000s. And they're opening schools that they are getting bonds, you know, in the 80, 100 million dollar range um, that we here in Texas are saying, if you go back to Turkey and you, you know, or you go somewhere else and you close these school downs down, we're on the hook for it. We're going to have to pay that bond. And I just don't think that um, the things that are said about, you know, it being less expensive are very true at all. Right. And these charter schools, I've watched this unfold across the nation. Some of them, you know, the children will be at school on a Friday and then they get letters sent home to the parents. Hey, we're closing the school. So by Monday morning, you will have to find a new school for your child to attend. So they do close and they often close without notice. And then it leaves that particular school scrambling to find a location to place these children. Absolutely. That happens more often than most people realize. Yeah. And this particular charter school network that you made the documentary about, the Gulen Network, I have done some research on that as well. And they were actually training Islamic terrorists (laughs) that they were recruiting from these particular charter school networks across the U.S. So how scary is that? Well, I think that there's a lot to be concerned about. And Mm -hmm. um, our government has not done a very adequate job of looking into the Gulen movement and, um, you know, not only their charter schools, but other things that they're operating within our country. Right. Uh, their religious leader and Imam by the name of Fatula Gulen resides in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. He is in a compound that we show in the film mm-hmm. and he's guarded by people that are former Turkish military people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were certainly not happy that we were there asking if we could meet with him or sit into, you know, sit in a, a religious meeting with him. And we were followed all around uh, that particular area. And so we left. Um, it's very, it's very strange what's going on. The Gulen movement does not receive much attention in the media mm-hmm. in the United States. No. And um, it seems to me, uh, you know, spending almost two decades looking at this group that they seem to have the protection of, of some of our agencies here in the United States. Um, that is concerning, but mm-hmm. when you factor in the, the number of schools and children that they're educating across the United States, not just here in Texas, right? but they have schools all over, and, and I think in at least 27 states now. And wow. um, so we need to be concerned about this. These are our children. Mm-hmm. Um, we should really be wondering um, about the quality of the teachers that are uh, at the various school and charter schools, but also what they're being taught. Absolutely. And um, so those are, yeah, it's, it's an extreme concern. Absolutely. Well, we spoke about when we were preparing for this interview, some legislation in Tennessee that was wanting to focus on these charter boarding schools. And so they had a whole list of, of at risk labels that children that fell into that category could potentially be put into these charter boarding schools. And you shared some information with me that you had done um, in your research about what you saw in these charter school networks. They were housing Turkish men, correct, at some of these charter school networks? That was the report I was given by the architect of several of the new Gulen schools 
in the state of Texas. He had been responsible for three or four new um, construction project designs. Mm-hmm. Now, most of these charter schools in Texas at that time, uh, before COVID, were being built by Googlin affiliated construction companies. Mm-hmm. That's changed a little bit, but he was hired by these construction companies to oversee the architecture, the design, and he had contacted me. He heard I was making the film, mm-hmm. and um, he said, you know, I was very concerned because I went to one of the schools in Austin operated by the Gulen Movement, a Harmony School, as they're called here. Mm-hmm. And I went upstairs, and there were Turkish men living in these uh, dorm rooms that we had designed. Now, he had been told that those dorm rooms would be used by children who were going to be working on weekends on science projects. He had also been told that those rooms might be used by families if they're escaping hurricanes along coastal Texas. He was told all kinds of things, but what they were really doing was housing these grown men in a K through 12 school. And there was really no separation. uh, You know, these are his words between those living accommodations for the adults and these children. It was very concerning to him. And of course he would not have um, agreed to designing something had he known that there was going to be a potentially dangerous um, scenario. Right. Um, Yeah. Scary stuff. Well, I'm also seeing this happen across the nation. Private schools are being purchased by China. And you and I had spoken a little bit about this as well. And we spoke about the Gulen China Utah connection. Can you expound upon that a little bit for our listeners? Absolutely, Tiffany. And this is a very interesting story. A lot of people watch Killing Ed and they say, well, what can be done? You know, I'm just uh, just a parent. I'm concerned about this. Well, one of the, the big defeats against the Gulen movement and its growth of charter schools in the United States happened in Alabama in 2019. And uh, the man who was sort of uh, the high-level Gulen operative in the United States opening charter schools left and right, is a, he's, he's a man by the name of Soner Terran. He's a Turkish man. He's um, obviously a follower of Fatullah Gulen mm-hmm. and the Gulen movement. And he was opening two charter schools in Alabama. They don't have many charter schools there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the schools was to be opened in Washington County, Alabama, a very rural, sparsely populated area. Their schools do quite well, public schools. And the, they were very, you know, the townspeople there were very surprised to see someone apply for a charter school in this rural community. Um, and, and as they dug deeper, um, they realized that Sonar Terum was going to operate this charter school, in my opinion, on behalf of the Gulen movement. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be built by a Utah corporation, seemingly with um, Chinese money. Now, what I mean by Chinese money is that the U.S. government has a visa program called EB-5. Mm-hmm. EB-5 allows wealthy foreigners mm-hmm. to invest in what have been traditionally uh, industrial projects, factories, that they can guarantee that 30 jobs will be created for their $500,000 investment. What is the foreign 
investor receive? Well, they receive an EB-5 visa to come and live in the United States. Mm-hmm. And Chinese people in, in, um, in particular want to bring their children over to be educated in the United States. We, mm-hmm. it's, it's a kind of a paradox to think that we always consider the Chinese being, you know, having better K through 12 schools, but many parents don't feel that way in China. So in the case of Southern Alabama, EB-5 money apparently was used to fund the construction of this Woodville Prep charter school. Now, why was this a victory in their community? Um, the people of that small area got together. They chartered buses to go to Montgomery, Alabama, to the Capitol to protest a charter school that was not needed. It was going to affect their public schools by um, taking kids out of the classroom and taking money out of the schools that had been a real centerpiece of their communities. And after many you know, hours and days of of lobbying against this charter school, uh, the state of Alabama removed the charter from Sonar Tarim and uh, it did not get built. Wow. And it was a significant victory. So I always tell people, um, this is a local concern. Your schools are your local concern. And this was the way our school systems in the United States were designed. They were designed to be local, to be administered by a local school board and get involved. And um, if you see something like a, a Gulen charter school coming your way, make sure it doesn't open. Right. Uh, it will not be a good thing for your community. Absolutely. Why do you think conservatives push these agendas, Mark? Well, I think, I think several things have happened in the aftermath of COVID. I think a lot of parents saw what their children are being taught. Yes. Uh, because a lot of kids were being taught online and parents could be much more involved in, in hearing and seeing what their kids were being taught. And there are some concerns. I have seen some of the material mm-hmm. that was being taught to my friend's children. Right. And uh, I think parents were legitimately agitated <laughs> enough <laughs> to say, you know, there's something really wrong with our public schools. Some of those parents went to the school wards and, and got some things changed. Others said, you know what? I'm going to homeschool my child mm-hmm. or I'm going to look for an alternative. I'm going to send them to a private school. Or I'm going to send them to a charter school. Mm-hmm. And I think these, the situation in, in the last couple of years has really um, created uh, an avalanche of new legislation around the country yes. for school choice, as mm-hmm. they call it. And um, I think that plays into the hands of a lot of, of think tanks in Washington, D.C. and elsewhere who have been pushing school choice and charter schools, uh, you know, for many years now. Yes, um, it's not a new thing. But it's, it's not a new thing, but it's not a thing that's working. And I feel that um, every time that they hit a brick wall with one school choice program, they rename it. Um, yep. You know, the, the, the various people involved in promoting it um, and um, and they try to go forward. And it just it's just something I think maybe we should back away from. We should look at working with our existing ISDs. I know when I've looked at um, administrative budgets in places like Dallas, Texas, there is so much 
uh, money being wasted mm-hmm. that could be um, redirected towards teacher salaries, towards um, things that are more necessary for our children and away from, um, you know, big salaries and big offices and things like that. That might be one step in the right direction. And I think also understanding how important it is to be involved at the local level right. in your school boards, running for school board elections and getting groups of parents together to um, push back on some of these uh, absurd programs that have been introduced into our public schools. Right. And you're right. School choice is nothing new. It's like a lot of things in education. Once they kind of catch on to the fact that people are catching on to what they're doing, they just they rebrand it and name it something else. And, you know, there's been warnings being issued for decades about school choice and the agenda behind school choice and the fact that what it really does is destroy true private education, because if the government is funding all avenues of education, then it's all government education. So you're not really you're you're taking those choices away from parents is is what is happening. And I agree with you. The research that I have done has proven over and over that charter schools don't really outperform the public school system. So no, they don't. And study after study has shown that it's uh, just a common bell curve. And Mm -hmm. I have to point this out, Tiffany, because there is a lot of um, kind of you know skullduggery or scam scamming of parents who have been advertised to about charter schools now, how they're supposedly better than your local school. They, they have immense advertising budgets. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of parents don't understand this, but charter schools don't have to take all children. Right. Exactly. Um, so in many cases you have to apply to a charter school mm-hmm. and that application can be denied. Right. And so, uh, so often we see, and this is portrayed in killing Ed, my film, um, that the special education children are really mistreated right. by many charter schools. Yes. And uh, in the film, you'll see a number of boys. This was taken by a covert camera by a teacher at a, a Goulin charter school in Houston, that the boys with autism were just left in the hallway to sit and do their lessons and not integrated in the classroom or have a classroom of their own. Right. So... We don't want children being treated that way. And the other thing I have to point out is if your child isn't testing well, then before any sort of state test that shows how well the charter school is doing, they'll really put pressure on that child or the parent to remove the child from the charter school so that kid does not detrimentally impact their tests, their testing uh, scores. So they're artificially. Uh, maneuvering mm-hmm. to make their schools look better than they actually are in many cases. Yes. And unfortunately the parents are being misled. And oftentimes those of us who have information um, counter to what these charter schools are pushing, we're not given an opportunity to come in and speak, you know? Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I mean, I know that in our local um, Republican party, when they were pitching the charter schools that, that, came to the board asking, it was a a Hillsdale-affiliated charter school network that wanted to open here in our county. Only one side was able to come in and kind of plead their case. And, of course, that was the Hillsdale Charter School Network that came in. So So they didn't have anyone else, you know, coming in and saying, well, you really need to understand that statistically these are the statistics 
you know, when it comes to, to charter schools and right. these are the things that you need to be concerned about. Because, you know, I said over and over again, and many parents do not realize this, in a lot of charter schools, teachers do not have to be certified teachers. And, and the boards are appointed. So it's not like your local school board where you elect, you know, your school board members that you feel like will best represent you. Those charter school boards are appointed. And, you know, so then are there are they subject to public audits? Are there board meetings open to the public? And you rarely ever get any answers when you start asking these questions. So our tax dollars are funding these initiatives, but it seems as if the taxpayers really don't have a say-so in, in, as to how the money's being spent. Absolutely. I mean, um, it's very hard to understand how the money's being spent. Um, you know, our, our schools in Texas are paid for by our property taxes, mm-hmm. which are very high. And um, we don't know exactly what's being spent in charter schools. It's been estimated that the Gulen schools in Texas may be diverting um, as much as 20 percent wow. into non-educational goals, such as trying to overthrow the government of Turkey. Now, that was a study done by a London-based law firm mm-hmm. um, that had been hired by the Turkish government when, um, you know, after this coup attempt. Right. So, um there's a lot of things that we need to look at. And in my opinion, charter schools are not the answer to our educational issues or problems in the United States. And they seem like an easy way out, Mm -hmm. but they're, they're not the solution. No, I totally agree. Well, Mark, tell our listeners where they can find you. Sure. Uh, Killing Ed is available uh, for rental on Vimeo on demand. That's V I M E O. Uh, You can do a search and I think it's $4.99 for a rental. You can also see it, I believe, on Tubi, which is a streaming platform. Um, you can go to killingit.com, and there's some information there about the schools and the movie. And you can also see the trailer. Um, and I hope everybody has a chance to see the film. We, we've been able to show it all over the United States and in some foreign countries. Wow. And it has, I think, slowed down the growth of the Gulen Charter Schools in the United States, which is a good thing. Yes, absolutely. And I highly recommend the film. I've watched it. It's phenomenal. I will have all this information where you can find Killing Ed over on my Facebook page when Mark's show airs. I want to thank Safe Storage again for sponsoring tonight's show. If you have storage needs and you are in the Middle Tennessee area, you can find Safe Storage at safestoragetn.com. And I want to leave you with this. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Isaiah 520. We love you here at WXRQ, but remember, Jesus loves you so much more. Good night and God bless.